0: Back up top. Shot through traffic. Save made. Follow up try. That one hits a body in front. And a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game. Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side. Through the right circle. Taking it in fed across. They score! Oh! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 to in overtime! Welcome in to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey, fieldpasshockey.com and of course the Field Pass Hockey mobile app. They have you covered for all things minor league hockey related, whether it's news, scores, upcoming games, live game broadcasts, blogs, photo galleries, and so much more from the SPHL to the ECHL all the way up to the AHL. They have you covered on your need to get your minor league hockey fix. You can visit them online at fieldpasshockey.com or check them out with the Field Pass Hockey mobile app available on the App Store or Google Play for absolutely free. Again, thank you for checking out the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. I'm Joel Silverberg. Knoxville gets a split over the weekend. Two big games coming up this weekend against Quad City as that race for first place is continuing to be a three-team battle, though you've got two teams not too far back that are trending in the right direction. We'll look at what the playoff picture is starting to shape up to be. There's been a little bit of a shift towards the bottom half of the playoff bracket over the last week, so we'll talk about that as well, and we'll continue to keep you updated on what's happening with the Ice Bears as we are about a month away now from the final weekend of the regular season and the final playoff push being made for every team in the league. So Knoxville gets a split against the two Alabama teams. They lose to Huntsville 6 to 4 on Friday and then beat Birmingham on the road 4 to 1. On Saturday night. And and Knoxville just got off to a really tough start. Tyler Piacentini and Nate Pionk score in the first three minutes of the game. So Knoxville is on its heels in a hurry, down two to nothing, less than three minutes into the game. Knoxville does a good job at fighting back. Rasmus Waxenangback scores midway through the period. Bauer Nordecker scores late in the period. But Stepan Timofeyev splits the pads of Hunter Vorva to make it three to two, Huntsville, with just 42 seconds remaining. But then again, Tyler Piacentini gets another one early in the second. Jason Price and Dino Balsamo score back-to-back goals in the second period to make it 4-4 to going into the third period. It just really never felt like Knoxville had control of the game. A tough bounce in the early stages of the third period allows Kyle Clark to be able to score the eventual game winner. Rob Dara scored three minutes later on a power play, and Knoxville wasn't able to break through again, and it felt like Knoxville was kind of scrambling and having to chase a lot as Huntsville controlled the game from the onset and an unfortunate game an unfortunate game for Evan Moise, who actually just got released by Knoxville Monday afternoon, Jeff Carr, just confirming that before I went on to record this podcast. So Evan Moise gives up four goals on eight shots. Tristan Kote Kazanov comes in and stops 12 of 14. So he takes the loss as he entered the game with his team down four, two was in the game while it was tied at four, but gave up the game winning goal. And then the ensuing one to Dara. So, Kotei Kazanov gets the loss. He got the start and the win against Birmingham on Saturday. But Knoxville doing some good things on the power play, struggling a little bit on the penalty kill. And that's been a big point of contention for Knoxville really ever since January, about that time where Knoxville lost Dean Moore, lost Alex Palmerville, And it's been frustrating because a team that went through the first several weeks of the season without surrendering a power play goal And and typically, Knoxville has a better penalty kill at home than it does on the road. And yet, Knoxville's, I believe, last five home losses now have come via a power play goal, ultimately proving to be the game winner. It was the case with the loss to Peoria on February 10th. It was the case to Huntsville on February 4th. It was the case to Huntsville this past Friday. And so just an unfortunate result with Knoxville trying to bounce back. It was also the case with the overtime loss to Fayetteville back in mid-February. So it's just kind of starting to become a trend where untimely failed penalty kills have resulted in home losses for the Ice Bears. Knoxville still with a great home record this season, but those losses to Huntsville and to Peoria have kind of come by the way of giving up a third period power play goal and so Knoxville trying to get back on track as far as its special teams and the power play I think is continuing to improve Knoxville's looked really good at times there they've gone on a bit of a streak and uh, one of the things that Knoxville does really well is they draw penalties and so you can sometimes see well Knoxville only went you know one for seven in this game okay but if Knoxville goes one for four in a given night that doesn't look too bad one for seven can feel frustrating if the team loses but it's the fact that you're piling up all these penalties where your opponent is being forced to be shorthanded for an extended period of time, and Knoxville has fast, physical skaters that skate through penalties. And honestly, it, it sometimes causes problems in in recent weeks with Knoxville maybe not getting the calls because they have so many strong skaters. That goal that Rasmus Engback scored in the first period, he set that play up by finding Stepan Timofeyev in the slot. Timo dropped to the left circle put the puck back into the slot for J.B. Baker, who found Rasmus Wax and Engbeck on the right side. But the transition play on the rush before that was Wax and Engbeck getting hooked pretty hard. But because he skates right through the stick, it's not called. A penalty was not upcoming. And so Raz is in that situation where he's able to make the play, and that's how talented and strong of a skater he is. But... That's sometimes the issue where you can get hooked and you don't get the penalty simply because you're able to skate through it. So it's a blessing and a curse at times, but I think more times than not this season it's been a benefit to Knoxville because they are one of the most uh benefit uh, one of the biggest beneficiaries of teams getting power plays in the SPHL this season. So Knoxville f- fell to Huntsville 6 to 4 on Friday and then on Saturday Knoxville got uh, it, it was a 4-1 to one win over Birmingham, and the game really didn't even feel that close, which was interesting because Knoxville was outshot 13-5 to five in the first period. There was no score. Tristan kote Kazanov had a couple of really nice saves late in the first period. Knoxville had to kill off a couple of penalties. And then in the second period, Knoxville starts catching up in the shots battle. They get two back-to-back goals a minute apart from Balsamo and Brady uh, Florent. Florent's goal was exceptional. Nice pass by Anthony McVeigh on the left side. Florence skates around a defenseman. Gets in tight and then lifts the puck over Austin Lots, and so for the second consecutive meeting against Birmingham, Knoxville puts up four goals on a really good goaltender in Lots, who I think has put up some respectable numbers despite being on a team that right now is on the outside looking in as far as the playoff picture is concerned. Birmingham got one back in the second period with Carson Rose, Birmingham's leading scorer, getting on the board, so it was two to one going into the third period. Knoxville had a power play that carried over into the third. Stepon Timo have scored just 28 seconds into the frame. And then Balsamo got his second of the night. And it, it, it was a game that Knoxville ended up just routing Birmingham in the third period. Because you felt like Birmingham, despite having 25 shots on goal through the first two periods, really wasn't in a situation to challenge Kote Kazanov. And I don't want to take anything away from Tristan. But Knoxville did a really good job at making life as easy on him as possible, even with the shots advantage that Birmingham had in the first period now twice. And this is something that needs to be corrected, but at the same time, they kind of made up for it to a degree twice. Sam Turner, either a turnover or a deflected pass that resulted in an odd man rush with Knoxville on the power play. And then Sam Turner having to take those two penalties to prevent either a breakaway or an odd man rush that could have led to a scoring chance. And Birmingham didn't convert either power play, but it was frustrating because you're negating your own power play. You're not scoring. You're having to play four on four hockey and it's two minutes in the box for somebody that's supposed to be a part of your special teams unit and Sam Turner. So I think a frustrating night for Sam, but at the same time made up for it by taking those I guess what you would call a good penalty to make up for the mistake at the other end. And then Brady Florent had to do the same thing. He blocked a bunch of shots, ate a bunch of pucks, uh took one off the foot as well, where he had to hobble off the ice. He was able to finish the game and stay in there, but also took that bad penalty in the third period to prevent what could have been potentially a backdoor scoring chance that resulted in Knoxville having to make some pretty big plays defensively. And so I think for the Ice Bears, you saw guys that were willing to a- assess the situation appropriately, trying to take as much of a load off their new goalie as possible. And it results in a win. And then in the third period, Knoxville just overwhelms Birmingham. They outshoot the Bulls 19 to 1 in the third. And I was talking to. Voice of the Bulls, Eli Gold, after the game. And he said, Man, I think the one shot on goal that we were credited with was really kind of a charity stat because that puck wasn't going in. I don't think it was a shot on goal. So, according to Eli Gold, Birmingham was outshot 19 to nothing in the third period. So, after Knoxville's outshot 13 to five in the first, they outshoot Birmingham 37 to 26 on the night. Kote Kazanov makes 25 saves in the win. Uh, No shame in giving up a lone goal. Uh, to your opponent's leading scorer, but a a nice debut for him as far as a starter's concerned. And so he picks up his first win as an ice bear on Saturday night. And so for Balsamo, now he's got 25 goals on the year. So he is accelerating towards the top of the leaderboard. And we'll see if we can, if he can keep that going. Uh, He's got 17 points in his last 10 games, uh, which has been a really nice 10 game point streak. So he's the third ice bear to have a double digit game point streak this season, joining jason price and jb baker so it's been they're they're still generating a lot of offense for knoxville what happened against huntsville on friday was not ideal the goaltending situation there uh was uh, was not great and i think evan moyce would be the first to tell you that that it's never acceptable to give up four goals on eight shots and obviously that's led to him uh being let go from the ice Bears organization as confirmed by jeff carr just a few moments before the recording of this podcast but I think you look at Knoxville and what they've been able to do over the last couple of weekends. Knoxville has scored four goals or more in each of its last four games. And you, you kind of have to appreciate the ability to consistently generate offense. And it's done against some good teams. Yeah, you, you're you frustrated with the loss to Huntsville, but you still scored four goals against Hunter Vorva, who was leading the league in save percentage and goals against average at the time that you met for that game. Austin Rodebush had given Knoxville some serious trouble and Knoxville picked up a weekend sweep of the rail yard dogs by scoring 11 goals in two games. So I think for Knoxville, it's about continuing to do what you're doing on offense because you're making some things happen there. And Knoxville's still the highest scoring team in the SPHL. You know, they're not going to have anybody that's necessarily going to win a scoring title. Balsamo could challenge for being the league's goals leader if he continues on this hot streak through the rest of the season. But Knoxville has a handful of players that are in the top 20 of the league scorers, and at times they've gotten good enough goaltending to win. And I think Jeff Carr would say that that department needs to be a little bit better. Let's see what happens with Kote Kazanoff moving forward if he's able to sustain that level of play. And let's see what happens if Christian Stead can return after he was called up to South Carolina for the second time this season back in february so knoxville sitting in third place in the sphl after the weekend it is slim margins for those top three teams we'll look at the standings and look ahead to the playoff picture coming up on the other side this is the knoxville ice bears podcast presented by field pass hockey i'm Joel silverberg we'll have more right after this in the slot looking shot scores whoa yes in overtime game winner gives knoxville a three to two win on the road This presentation of Knoxville Ice Bears Hockey can also be heard while you're on the go via the Field Pass Hockey app. Read articles on your favorite team, view photo galleries, listen to live games and podcasts from across the AHL, ECHL, and SPHL by downloading the app, now available in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. So the loss to Huntsville dropped Knoxville out of first place. They were able to get the win over Birmingham, but with wins for the Havoc and Peoria Over the weekend to close it out, the Ice Bears sit in third place after 46 games. So Knoxville and Huntsville have now played the same amount of games. Huntsville with a two-point lead over Knoxville. So that loss on Friday directly uh, the result of what is happening in the standings right now. Peoria has only played 45 games, so a game in hand over both the Havoc and the Ice Bears, sitting with 71 points. Peoria just finished off a highly one-sided sweep of Roanoke. I thought there was a chance that maybe the rail yard dogs could go in and push Peoria a little bit, be that gritty team that they've been at times this season. Uh, Instead, Peoria has now lost five straight and their last four games have been devastatingly one-sided. Roanoke has lost nine of its last 10. This is a team that was challenging for fourth place in the league back in early February, or really I should say late January and has just, it's suffered some attrition, especially on defense with Matt O'Day not being back there, the leading goal scorer among defensemen in the SPHL, and they've had a number of guys that have been called up for a significant amount of time to the ECHL, but this was still unexpected. Roanoke has dropped to eighth place in the SPHL. They have a game in hand over Evansville and are only two points back, so still an opportunity for Roanoke to, to get back into the conversation uh, of that seven seed, but now there's a bit of a gap everywhere else and so for peoria over the weekend it shut out roanoke on friday four to nothing and was all over the rail yard dogs on sunday with an eight to two win uh peoria scored five goals in the first period again that came after a six to three win over the rail yard dogs on thursday night so peoria 18 goals in three games against Roanoke, a team that had kind of shown some grid, and Austin Rodebush, who had put up some good numbers this year, and Roanoke gave up three or more first-period goals in all three games. And it just looks like a totally different team right now with Roanoke, and so Dan Bremner really has his work cut out for him as we get to the final 10 to 12 games of the regular season uh, for the majority of teams that are headed to the playoffs next month. So Roanoke sitting in eight, they still have a 13 point lead over Birmingham. Birmingham has lost four straight. I, I think that last weekend in February was probably the last gasp for the Bulls. Things could still change. Mathematically, Birmingham is not out of it, but when you consider what happened that weekend, Birmingham blows a two goal lead to Pensacola. Then they get shut out by Macon the following night and to top it off Evansville, who Birmingham was chasing at the time, picks up a win over Peoria of all teams. And so Now the Rivermen have won four straight. Huntsville has won five straight. Both those teams have won eight of their last ten. Knoxville has points in eight of its last ten. They're seven, two, and one in that span. And then you go down a little bit. Quad City has played one more game than Knoxville, but the Storm are only six points behind the Ice Bears with two games coming up against Knoxville this weekend. Quad City's won its last three. They're seven and three in their last ten. Fayetteville has only played 44 games, so multiple games in hand. Over four of the five teams, or three of the four teams that are in front of Fayetteville, 61 points. So still a little bit of a ways back uh, from that top three spot, but they've won seven of their last three. Pensacola has points in seven of their last three. So you look at those top five teams Huntsville, eight and two in their last 10. Peoria, eight, one and one in their last 10. Knoxville, seven, two and one in their last 10. Quad City and Fayetteville, seven and three in their last 10. The top five teams in the SPHL standings are all playing really good hockey right now. And so it's going to make the top of that field really really competitive. It's also going to make that 4-5 matchup insanely intriguing because home ice advantage is probably going to play play a big role, but it also means if Quad City gets hot, especially if if they were to pick up some points against Knoxville this weekend and they make that 3-4 race a little bit more interesting for anybody. Because Peoria also has games to play against Quad City. So if Quad City can steal wins away from Peoria, you know it could benefit Knoxville. Peoria also has to play Huntsville twice this month. So there are some results that could come up that could benefit another team just because somebody's going to have to take losses before the rest of the regular season has concluded. But it, it also means that if one of those three teams, Huntsville, Peoria, or Knoxville, if they struggle against one another, if they struggle against Quad City, Huntsville has to play Fayetteville twice before the end of the year one of those teams could be in danger of slipping to that four seed. And if you're trapped in that four or five matchup, it's going to make your path insanely difficult or much more difficult. I should say it's always difficult in the president's cup playoffs just to get to the championship round, but that's something that you really want to avoid. So obviously if you're Huntsville Peoria or Knoxville, you're focused on trying to chase down first place and potentially win the William B coffee trophy to gain that number one seed and have home ice advantage throughout the course of the playoffs. You also need to make sure that you don't lose any ground on Quad City and Fayetteville, because if you drop to that 4-5 matchup, that is a very dangerous first round for any of those teams. Uh, So you have 72 points for Huntsville, 71 for Peoria, 70 for Knoxville, down to 64 for Quad City, 61 for Fayetteville, and then you have to drop all the way down to 50 for Pensacola. So I think the five teams that have all clinched a playoffs berth up to now, the top five teams in the SPHL standings. I think those will likely be your five teams. The order, obviously, a lot to be determined there. And then you have Evansville that you know still has played two more games than Pensacola, but Evansville is five points back of, of Pensy. And then you've got Roanoke that is another two points back of Evansville. So you're starting to see the tiers form a little bit, though there could be some morphing as we get closer and closer to the end of March. And a lot can change in the span of a month. Just ask Roanoke. So much has changed for that team and now here's Evansville, which looked like in early February that it was safely going to sit as the eight seed. And now they've got points in five of their last 10. They've dropped their last two, but here they are with an opportunity to maybe solidify the seven, chase down the number six seed. And, you know, maybe they don't have to go and, and play the regular season champion the first weekend of the postseason. So it's been very interesting to see how this has all played out up to now. It's wild to see how the standings have changed over the. Course the season and every team is in danger of that happening, and so you need to be careful if you're Huntsville, Peoria, Knoxville. A a lot can go wrong in a short amount of time, and it's all about what you do in April that ultimately defines your season. And again, I I think you still look at the big picture, and I think a lot of teams have accomplished a lot of good things this year. I I don't think Huntsville's season should be scoffed at if it doesn't win the President's Cup because of what it was able to do to start the season. Knoxville is having a really solid year. you know. Anytime you can get above that threshold of 30 wins, chances are you're doing some things really well. Uh, Peoria is, you know, it not it, it's not out of the question that if Peoria, if it ends the season on a really another solid point streak, like the 17 game point streak it had a couple of weeks ago, it, it could arguably break its own record for the most wins and points in an SPHL regular season. The record that it set with, the 2019 campaign where it had 40 wins and 89 points, they've got 32 and 71 right now. So still would need nine wins out of their last 11 games to make that happen. But when you get an opportunity to, to do something like that in the regular season success that Peoria is accustomed to, it's certainly uh, not the craziest thing that could happen over the course of a hockey season. And so you've got three teams that right now are sitting above a 76 point percentage, and those are, those are not numbers to roll your eyes at. So there are three really good teams at the top of the standings, and there are two more teams right behind them that could shake things up in the postseason as we get closer to April. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Again, we'll have the action for you between Knoxville and Quad City, the third and fourth-ranked teams in the SPHL standings. These are two big games for Knoxville because then they get Peoria at home for St. Patrick's night on Thursday the 17th. So, Knoxville's next three games are against top four teams. It's going to be a really tough slate. And then that following weekend for Peoria is actually really interesting. They go to Knoxville on that Thursday, and then they're at Huntsville on Friday and Saturday. So, that's a big three day stretch for the Rivermen uh, that could really, if Peoria goes in and if they're able to get four or five points in that weekend, you, I mean, that might be enough for them to you know, ultimately solidify the inside track on being the number one seed, but there's still so much to be determined. And we're going to learn a lot in the next two weekends with Knoxville getting two games against quad city and a game against Peoria. And then Peoria having to go play Huntsville twice next weekend as well. Again, we'd like to remind everybody too: next Sunday, March 20th is a five o'clock puck drop for the ice bears. This was the game back from December against Macon that had to be canceled or postponed due to ice conditions with the Knoxville Civic Coliseum. And so if you had tickets for that original December date, your tickets are valid for Sunday, March 20th. You can call 525-7825 if you have questions with the ticketing department or you need more information. And then, of course, if you haven't bought your tickets yet, you can go and do that at KnoxvilleIceBears.com. But that game has been rescheduled for Superhero Night for March 20th. That's a Sunday at 5 o'clock. And again, we'll have the action for you this weekend for Knoxville and Quad City Puck drop at 7.30 Friday and Saturday night. Friday is Peanuts night. Specialty jerseys will be worn. Game-worn jerseys will be available for auction after the game. And then Saturday is country and off-road night. Uh, And the Ice Bears are going to have live music and a car show on Saturday as well. Should be a lot of fun. Great games to be had this weekend. Big games on the ice as well, but the promotion should be a lot of fun also. I'm Joel Silverberg, your host. Thank you so much for listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. Download the Field Pass Hockey mobile app available on the App Store and on Google Play for absolutely free. Live game broadcasts, blogs, photo galleries, so much more that they have for you at Field Pass Hockey so you can follow all the information you need to know about the minor leagues from the SPHL to the ECHL to the AHL, Field Pass Hockey has you covered. Thank you for listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. I'm Joel Silberg. We'll see you next time on the KIB podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey.